Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, I am actually going to be myth busting uh, through some of your requests that I had on social media. And it's actually really interesting. The one that was most requested, I really just didn't expect it to be requested that much. Um, I'm actually quite surprised. I, I hadn't even heard of it being a, a thing, um, really. I've, I've, I've heard of the myth, um, but I've never really, I didn't really know that it was that much of a, a common belief, um, which really surprised me. So I'm going to go into this one first. Um, I actually had six people ask me if drinking lemon water breaks down body fat um, in the morning, which I was really surprised about um, to hear. I, I, I don't know why. I, I just didn't think it would be the most common myth. And hopefully that means that some of the, the things that came up were not the things that I thought it would be. So I'm hoping that means that the other myths have been busted. <laughs> so the first one is obviously we're thinking about, you know, as always as a society, we're trying to think about all these like different crazy hacks that will help us lose body fat more effectively than actually just sticking to a, a calorie deficit. So there's a lot of benefits when it comes down to lemon water. Obviously, you know, it's full of vitamin C, um, you know, it's full of nutrients. It's really good for you in terms of health benefits. Um, however, however um, there are no real genuine studies that show that it has like a really, um, really, uh, magical i can't get the words out a magical weight loss uh accelerator um is believed to be untrue so i think it's one of these things as well like you've got to put yourself in in understanding that you're always going to have somebody who claims to see like crazy benefits from something i think it's about understanding as well as like it's it's the same in terms of you know think about supplements right so you could take creatine do you actually truly and genuinely know that it works on you personally? Probably not. You know, it's all a lot of, a lot of the time it's going to be things like placebo, which is you think that you're taking something and you think that it has an effect and you think that it helps and supports you. But a lot of the time it's because we believe because we're taking it, that that is the outcome. Um, same with like BCAs. Um, there's no, there's no data. There is data behind creatine, but for example, like BCAs, a lot of influencers take them. There's no research to show that they do anything, but it's a placebo in a lot of the time that people say that they can feel the effects of things. They can see the differences in themselves because of their taking this. But I think I just want to put in perspective of views that how would we truly, how would you truly and ever know personally if you saw a difference in effects from that? So I think it's really about understanding like when it comes down to these fat loss myths, when it comes down to these things, Again, what we always try to do is we're always trying to search all these like miracle ways to like all of a sudden lose body fat that no one else has tried before. And it just all of a sudden these pounds will be flying off you because you're drinking lemon water in the morning. It's never going to happen. If there was something out there, we would have found it by now. We know what works and it's really just about continuing to focus on that. So I can confirm um, as far as research shows that lemon water does not break down body fat. Um, it has incredible health benefits and obviously it would just be a nicer for you to drink that rather than drinking plain water. Um, but, you know, it's going to be good for you in terms of health benefits, but it's not going to be something that's all of a sudden going to blast the body fat off of you, um, you know, Again, just try and put yourself in perspective as like people that promote it may have some ulterior motive behind it into understanding and, and wanting you to do something in order to maybe buy their products or work with them or follow them, etc.
So I hope that that helps you on the first fat busting myth. Um, like I said, it's really, it's great for us in terms of the health benefits, um, but there's nothing out there that melts away fat other than de- a calorie deficit. I wish that there was. <laughs> um, I think one of the, the most common ones that I often hear and we often see, I think, in society is why cutting carbs to, um, doesn't drop more body fat than a calorie deficit would, but you may see quicker drops in weight. So I feel like this would be a good one to maybe explain to a lot of people because obviously you think, see things like keto diets. Um, you know, I know that historically, like if we go back 30 years, the generation of dieters then, it was very much like the Kate Moss diet, like don't eat, cut carbs, um, because obviously we lose weight quicker. There's a difference between dropping weight and there's a difference between dropping weight and body fat. So we can drop weight. Like if I didn't drink any water today and I was severely dehydrated, I would probably drop a lot of weight in the morning because I'm dehydrated. So when it comes down to dropping carbohydrates, you may seem see a drop in weight, first of all. Um, the reason being is because each one gram of carbohydrate holds around sort of three to four grams of water naturally now don't allow that to go and scale off like it's good we, we need water we need hydration in our bodies and that's that's some of the purpose of it carbohydrates are also for energy as well so we can get energy sources from other foods we, we can get energy sources from mainly fats um so they are really important for us and it's important that we understand like the the changes your body may go through when you do drop carbohydrates is one that you may have a massive dip in energy but two you will drop weight because your body's obviously not holding the water that it's holding within the carbohydrates so there have been studies that have shown that there's no higher effect to dropping body fat through a calorie deficit whilst eating carbohydrates than there is to drop carbo- to just drop your carbohydrates so there's no purpose in it. If you personally feel better with less carbohydrates, that's absolutely fine. I personally know that I really don't like, you know, even if I'm in a deficit, I'm still eating, you know, near 200 grams of carbohydrates a day because you're an essential source of energy for me uh, and they taste fucking good. So really when it comes down to dropping carbs to drop your body weight, again, ladies, just you know, really focus on reminding yourselves that you don't have to do that. It's not necessary. And you can still lose body fat and you will lose exactly the same amount of body fat if you stick to a calorie deficit. So that's us eating less food than our bodies need to survive on a daily basis. So if your body needs 2000 calories to just stay in its current state, so just maintain your body weight, whatever it might be that that's what your body needs. We need to be in eating less than that in order to drop the body fat, right? So just to bust that big old myth there about carbohydrates um you will lose weight quicker and that's why a lot of time when people do like their keto diets they're like oh i've lost eight pounds this week they've lost a lot of water retention and they're dropping a lot of water because they're not eating carbohydrates so that is one of the main reasons that you see people losing weight quicker but what you want is you want to lose body fat faster you don't want to lose weight faster you want to lose body fat that's the thing that you're aiming for so um you know that will slow down and like i said you know there's been a lot of studies that show that it's absolutely no quicker absolutely not quicker um than actually just sticking to your calorie deficit and dragging your food uh the next one i had was does fasting actually promote fat loss like you know is it what someone said is the 5-2 diet is severe f- the 5-2 diet is severe fasting actually healthy? I think it's probably about putting this perspective as like everybody describes and views healthy as a different thing. Um, 
you know, it's probably more about like what we're trying to aim towards here is, is the 5-2 diet going to support me losing more body fat than if I was to stick to a normal calorie deficit? And I honestly and truly think it's probably down to personal preference. I mean, I don't really know anyone who is in incredible shape, you know, really is happy in their body, feels like they've got a really good relationship with food, has ever done an extreme diet in order to get there. So I think really... I think it's about understanding like what's a healthy way for you to lose weight. What's a sustainable weight for you? To, uh, what's a sustainable way for you to lose weight and keep it off? The problem with things like the five two diet, it doesn't really teach you anything because once you've done it, what do you do after to maintain your your body fat loss? In terms of like an actual, um, in terms of like a, effective for dieting, again, it's about how much does that. Uh, how much effect does that have onto your adherence? So if you're someone who has to drop their calorie like super fucking low for a couple of days, is your adherence actually good to that? You know, how how long can you actually stick to that for compared to actually just sticking to one calorie target on a daily basis? Obviously, the effect of it is one, obviously, if you're fasting for a long period of time, you're obviously going to be absolutely ravenously hungry. And if your daily calorie intake that day is extremely low, obviously, you're going to be in a much higher deficit. The problem with being in an extreme and high deficit is the side effects of it. So the side effects of being in an incredibly high deficit are that your cravings become uncontrollable. So your body starts to crave the foods that it knows that it can digest well and will give it an abundance of energy as quickly as possible. So that's things that are sugary, um, you know, higher in calories because our body knows that we can get an abundance of calories having those things. So that's why we end up craving things like biscuits, cheesecake, cake. You know, you start, I, you know, sniffing foods that you've really fancy and you're thinking, oh, I'm dribbling all over this because I want to eat it. We start craving those things because our body knows that it can take those foods in if we eat them and it can digest them quickly and it can give ourselves a really quick source of energy. So that's why your cravings go so high. So the problem with the really, really extreme deficits is that not many, many of us can really sustain it and not many of us can really do it because the cravings get so high that you end up eating so much more than you would have in the first place so that's the challenge with these diets of where you go really extreme is that you can't sustain it for long enough to keep to one do the diet and then two learn how to keep it off because well there's no one to teach you how to keep it off after is there um so that that is that can be some of the challenges with the extreme sort of fasting diets of where you eat so minimal in one of the days and then you eat normally on the other day as soon as you start to eat more you start to crave more um and it's it's really hard to balance it it's really really challenging um in terms of like actual fasting promoting fat loss the benefits of like again like fasting is literally like Technically, fasting is like nil by mouth, right? So anything with like a, 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 mac, a macronutrient, so anything like milk. Um, so say you, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm fasting to 12, but I've had three fucking lattes this morning. It's not fasting because you're consuming calories. So as soon as you start consuming a calorie, you're not you're not fasting. Technically, fasting is no water as well. But, um, you know, if you are drinking water, again, it, it becomes in, into this challenge, right, of like, you're closing your window of eating. So you're eating from like, I had a consultation the other day actually, and she said, I'm starving. I've not eat. I'm not eating till 12. I'm absolutely starving. You know, can I eat breakfast before 12? Will I still lose body fat? Of course you fucking can. The the benefits of of a fasting window are that you're closing your window of eating. So if you can get used to not eating 
as early in the morning, it means that your eating window is smaller. So say you then eat from, you know, 12 p.m. to 7 p.m., you can fit a lot more food in that time, which sometimes is a lot more satisfying for people. But for other people, it's really hard. Like I would really struggle to eat my breakfast at 12 o'clock because I'd be so hungry that once I'd eaten it, I wouldn't be satisfied. So then becomes like the counter benefit of it is that, you're then so fucking hungry that, again, your cravings have come back, you've got the shakes, you feel like shit just because you're trying to eat breakfast an hour later, that when you then eat your breakfast, you're not satisfied and then you want more food and then the, the eating becomes uncontrollable. So it depends on you as a person. Some people are not actually bothered about eating in the morning. It's not going to have any different effect on your fat loss. It's really all, again, all of these things come down to a game of adherence and how consistent can you be actually doing it you know what how how consistent can you be at eating x amount of calories how consistent can you be at not then over craving food and then overeating anyway defeating the whole point of it so my suggestions personally as a coach who've coached hundreds of women lifestyle women you know people just we're everyday women right is that think about not eating your breakfast at 7am because your body, you know, we don't really need to eat that early. Um, But actually maybe thinking about if you eat your breakfast at half eight at the moment and you're struggling to stay within your calories, why don't you try and push it back to like nine o'clock or, you know, and then maybe 9.15, 10 o'clock. You know, that's something that, that I do personally. I eat my breakfast about, you know, between 10, 10 and a half, 10. Um, the reason being is that because then by the time I'm hungry again, it's like half one, two. So I can then have my lunch. And then I have a big lunch and then that takes me through to dinner. So the challenge of eating really early in the morning, you've got a massive window of eating. So as soon as we start eating, obviously we do feel hunger, but counter benefits are when you leave your, your food really late, of course you've become hungry. So my suggestion would be just eat normally, um, but just try not to eat your breakfast too early in the morning because you're just going to start getting hungry again. If you've exercised in the morning, your body does need food after and your body will utilize the food the best it possibly can. So after you've exercised and you eat a, a, a meal dense in carbohydrates and protein, your body's going to utilize that because it's looking, it's looking for the calories, it's looking for the nutrients to repair the muscle, to replenish energy. So your body's going to utilize that. So when we eat around training, it's really good. Uh, it's the best time that you could eat in the day. You know, if you can push a really good amount of food around your exercise, fantastic. Your body's going to utilize that the best it can. Um, but if you're training in the morning and then you're not eating for four hours, your body's not going to be able to build muscle. It's not going to recover and you're going to be in a bit of a hole of energy. So my suggestions, honestly, for you are eat your breakfast, your first meal, when you start getting hungry. You know, when we allow ourselves in a diet to get too hungry, the meals are never satisfying and your adherence is low. So again, all of this comes back to a game of adherence and how sustainable is it for you? Thinking in the long term, if you want to lose a stone, you know, you've really got to sustain this for X amount of weeks. Can you do that? Are you able to actually do that? That's that's the big question here, right? So I hope that helps and provides you some clarity um, into fasting. So in terms of the the next question I had, it was um, I thought if you ate uh, a too low amount of daily calories, your body holds onto the, the fat. Um, I've been told that actually it's more perception um, because it's actually so difficult to maintain. So yeah, exactly that. Um, your body will not go into uh, starvation mode doesn't exist. Uh, it's not a thing. Um, what really happens is obviously if you didn't eat enough, you would lose body fat. Um, the dif- The difference between why people can't do that though. So obviously you're 
first instinct when you want to lose body fat is you're in a place of desperation because you want to make the change most of the time. So you'll just go for like the extremities. You're like, right, if I just do this now, I'll just get it off quicker and then it'll be done. But it doesn't really work like that for you, does it? Because obviously then you go too hard, you can't stop the cravings like I've spoken about. And then the weekend comes, someone offers you a crispy cube, and then next thing you know, you've eaten 12 um, and then it's all over. So it's, again, it's really about thinking about Yes, you would lose weight quicker for a short period of time, but you would never be able to do that for 16, 18 weeks, considering how much you need to lose a body fat. So the the biggest problems that most people have is they're like, you know, your perception is that if you eat, you know, you maybe you dieted before and you're like, yeah, I was eating 1200 calories, but I wasn't losing the weight. My body hit a plateau and uh, my body went into starvation mode. In all honesty, from the amount of people that I've coached, the knowledge I have, that was not true um it's not we didn't often we didn't stick to it so if you go back to that time that you thought that you hit a plateau and your body was um you know adapting and adjusting to this 1200 calories 1100 calories whatever it was that you decided to pick a couple of a couple of important things right most of the time when people eat in that low and they're actually like if you're truly and genuinely eating those calories you're tracking your food you're weighing your food you're 110 percent accurate you are like hand on heart there is no grain of food missed from my mouth and i've been tracking at 1100 calories the reason you're losing weight then potentially is because you're not moving enough so you're not actually burning enough calories and actually your deficit would have to be significantly low because you're doing 2000 steps a day and a 20 minute hit class two times a week you know so if if it's not working and you're being 110% accurate, like literally hand on your heart, um, swear on your mother's life um, that you're being that accurate and you're not losing body fat, you are just not in a calorie deficit. It's not that your body's adapted, it's that probably you're just not moving enough and you're not burning any calories. So why would you be in a calorie deficit? The second one really is that a lot of people get the perception that those calories don't work for them because they're not being accurate or consistent or what they're doing. So you're not weighing your food. Again, you know, I had a consultation with someone um, this week and um, she said, oh, do I need weighing scales? But I have been tracking. Of course we need weighing scales because we need to understand how many grams of food we're eating so that we can put it into my fitness pal accurately. So again, it's it's a very big rarity that women actually truly and genuinely eat these amount of calories consistently on a daily basis, having weighed their food, put everything in my fitness pile, 10 out of 10, seven days a week, six, eight, 12 weeks in a row, consistently doing that. You know, like I said, most of the time, it's just not actually being consistent. And the reason that you think the higher calories don't work is because you're not actually really doing it properly. So you're trying to track at 1600 and you're like, it doesn't work because you're not tracking properly. We're not weighing your food. You're only doing it four days a week. You don't put the biscuits in, you have an evening. You don't put the chips you eat off your kid's plate. You know, whatever it might be, we're not, most of the time it's because we're not being truthful and open and honest with ourselves about what we're doing. Or we have a gap in knowledge where we don't actually understand what consistency really looks like when it comes down to tracking calories. So that, that would be probably the caveat to it. Obviously, if someone is truly and genuinely, um, you know, eating that little, one of the side effects of eating that little is you're going to move less because you've got no energy. So you're going to put less effort into your workouts, less effort into your steps. You'll cave a lot quicker. Normally, we'll go into sort of binge eating spells from that because we've created such a such a high level of restriction that the the level of we only we only um like crave and desire things because we've created restriction so when we when we can't have things and we restrict things away it's when we crave and desire them too much and obviously if your calories are super low um you're not really gonna be able to ever have any of the foods that you desire so that can be one of the biggest challenges so 
all in all, your body does not hold on to body fat. If you eat less, um, your body will just continue to lose body fat. But the reason that most people would struggle with that is because then they end up, you know, if if you, like I said, if you truly and genuinely did stick to those calories, tracked it or weighed it or everything, um, and you weren't losing weight, one, it probably would be that you're not moving enough. So you're moving less because you're eating less, you're not putting any effort into workouts, and the amount of calories you're actually expending is not far off what you're eating. Uh, or two is that your perception is that you ate that food, but really you're eating so much more than that because you weren't tracking, weighing, or logging your food consistently day after day, week after week. So that's generally what happens. Um, you know, like I said, just from coaching um a lot of women. It, it's sort of just normally the, the knowledge gap that we have is is underestimating how consistent we have to be with the food that we eat um so yeah i hope that one helps um and then the last one i had was does eating late um stop me losing body fat um and the answer in short is no um it does not sometimes it's a little bit harder when you do eat late for a couple of different things so when you eat late, so say if you eat and then you go to bed, say if you ate at like 10 p.m., you went to bed at half 10, um, the things that you might find find challenging is that obviously as soon as we go to sleep, our body's going to struggle to digest the food a lot easier. Um, your digestion might be a little bit poor um, when you do go to bed um, just because of like digestions, digestive issues. Um you know, you might find it a little bit harder to sleep as well, which could cause a little bit of stress on your body, um, which causes your weight to fluctuate. Your body's not also digested the food um, by the as well um, by the time you've woken up. So it may be that you're actually just a little bit heavier in the morning because you ate late. So I, I notice if the later I eat, obviously the, the heavier sometimes I am in the morning, like if I go out for dinner or something, um, your body will still utilize food because you're alive. So your body still uses calories even when you're sleeping, albeit not an abundance amount, but um, your body will still utilize the food. So especially if you're in a calorie deficit, um, you know, you're probably feeling hunger on a, you know, probably on a daily basis. Um, your body will still utilize the food because it's not getting an abundance of food. So especially if you're in a deficit and you eat dinner at nine o'clock, your body's not going to say, oh, I'm going to store all of that actually, just because she ate it two minutes after 9 p.m., um she's eating dinner too late so she's not going to be able to uh get rid of that and that's staying here that's it, it, obviously your body doesn't work like that your, your body does this, has the same process of when it can when you consume food um and especially if you're in a calorie deficit you need to say we're not getting many calories at the moment uh and obviously we're going to utilize these for energy so it's really just about understanding as well. Like your body doesn't know exactly what time it is. Your body doesn't know that your digestion system doesn't know that it's like 801 or 901. And it's not going to just go into this like little sorting hat and decide what it decides to punish you with this day, uh, depending on what time you ate your food. So you might find different things if you eat just before you go to bed, like your digestion is not as good. You might find it harder to sleep. I know that if I eat you know, your sugar near bedtime, like if I go out and have a big pudding and then come home, I know that my sleep quality is really poor. Um, you know, my body's trying to distribute the energy and I want to go to sleep. Um, and I know that my digestion is a little bit poor and sometimes my weight can fluctuate from that. So you definitely don't gain body fat. Um, you know, if you have to eat late, maybe it's worth sort of pushing a lot of more of your calories in the day and just having a smaller meal in the evening just so that you can digest it better and it sleep, you can sleep on it a little bit better. So they are the fitness myths and busted hopefully uh hopefully they give you a little bit of clarity and as always if you've got any got any questions about them let me know and if you ever have any myths that you want to talk about or understand a little bit more you are always welcome to drop us a message so i hope you all have a great day guys and thank you for listening <laughs>